The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. This is almost, you know, a poster child, if you want, of China's ability to run foreign companies it has acquired. Because it is true that, you know, Chinese players did manage to secure quite a bit of um, takeovers, you know, Mm. um, back in those years. But, uh, you know, there's been more recently a pushback. A test case of investor appetite for a company that reckons it will help increase global food security will soon arrive on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. Syngenta, a Swiss seeds to pesticides maker, is planning a $9 billion listing. The significance of this IPO for China and the rest of the world is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to The Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Mammoth IPOs are a rare breed in this market, so there is much anticipation of Syngenta, a seeds to pesticides maker that is planning a $9 billion listing in China. It's been a long wait. The process began two years ago, and there have been many twists and turns. So here to talk to me about this fascinating saga is Yawen Chen, who's been covering the company, as well as Lisa Yuka, our European business editor. Lisa and Yawen, you are very welcome to the newsroom. Hi. Hi, so, thanks for having us. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, Lisa, I'll, I'll begin with you, uh, because I think that you actually were on the ground when this happened back in 2017. So tell us the, the backstory of Syngenta and how did this how did the Swiss company come to be owned by a Chinese company? So about uh, 10 years ago, um, the world was a different place than what we're seeing today. And there was a very big push by Chinese companies encouraged by the Chinese government to go out and make investments abroad. And that involved, you know, making acquisitions. And Syngenta um, was the culmination of that process. I mean, the largest foreign uh, acquisition by a Chinese player at the time worth $43 billion. And I witnessed uh, this acquisition and the process uh, before that, as I was living in Hong Kong as the Asia Finance Editor for Reuters. So it was... uh, uh, incredibly important uh, for China to to somehow you know plant seeds and and uh, and and really own um, important companies and and potentially also key technologies in various parts of the world um, and there was less resistance you know to these type of deals um, than certainly what we're seeing today. And Lisa, this this part of the IPO, the story that the company is is kind of telling and, and to get investors interested in is this whole idea of food security. And you mentioned how how much the world has changed. And I think you were referring to the fact that, you know, Chinese companies were very much so out buying, you know, foreign foreign businesses and were being welcomed uh, a lot by by governments in the West. But there is obviously a big difference now as well, which is that there is this there is a concern about whether there is enough food in the world. Pesticides are obviously a big part of trying to boost the yield of crops. So I just wondered, I mean, Lisa, just on this, just on the actual business itself, I mean, do you think this is a a particularly interesting listing for China? Yes, uh, indeed, it is. Um, As you were just mentioning, Amy, so food security has been for a while a, a big priority 
for China. And, and you know, the, the Chinese government is also a long term thinker uh, in, in terms of those strategic priorities. So certainly the view at the time when the acquisition happened was that, uh, you know, by having a Chinese owner, so Chinese ownership, Singenta, which was, by the way, taken private uh, um, about a year after the acquisition, um, would be able to be used as a, first of all, as a springboard into the vast Chinese market, but also um, provide, you know, technology, in particular pesticides, as, as you said, um, but also genetically modified seeds, which are more resistant and, and more productive, um, um, you know, for, for the vast uh, Chinese nation. So that was um, the thinking at the time. Okay. And so, Yawan, as we said at the beginning, there were, there's been a few twists and turns. What has been the delay to getting this IPO off the ground? So this was kind of, they started talking about it back in 2021 and, and there's been even just some developments in the past month. So what's been going on? Well, I think I think the IPO process was actually put in motion way before the 2021 application was submitted. Um, so I think right after the, the listing happened in 2018 from Switzerland, um, because how the Chinese state parent has took on a lot of debt to pay for the cash offer to take Syngenta private, um, they had to. I think I think they see the IPO as a very clear route going, getting out of that debt pile and getting the company to gain their foothold in APEC regions and um, as well as in China. But the problem was that the I think I think this is just such a giant offering that. First of all, the Chinese regulators are uh, naturally very stability-minded um, authorities, so they they are very worried that if if they have Syngenta coming to the market at a less preferred time, it will put pressure on other um, companies on the market, basically draining all the liquidity. And they also want to make sure that they have a very successful listing at home where they could put all the controversies surrounding the cash offer back in 2017 to bed. Because I think even after the deal was um, was sealed, like the, the Chinese ambassador to Switzerland um, pre previously even said that if he was in that position when the when the deal happened, he would he wouldn't have um, advised it, uh, for it because um, just because of the debt load that the, comp the state owned company had to take on and the, the high premium they paid for it. So in many ways, I think I think having Syngenta, uh, you know, getting rid of all this debt, they've, I think they've cleared nearly twenty billion dollars ever since um, the purchase in twenty seventeen. A lot of it, a lot of that through um, debt to equity swaps with the parent um, Cam China, and some of the bonds they repaid early. You see a lot of shuffling in like reshuffling oh. of the debt from one pocket to another in the in the process, and they still have um, about I think 17 billion net debt sitting on their balance sheet, according to the prospectus. So through this offering, I think a third of that is going to repay um, the the outstanding debt, and if they can float it at a favorable price at a favorable price, they could kind of you know put all the doubt to uh to, to bed about how this deal was too expensive and too big for the chinese to digest 
Yes, I mean, debt is one risk, obviously, uh, with the company. And then there's obviously also the fact that it does sell pesticides, quite, you know, toxic pesticides, which, you know, as we discussed, they are definitely necessary. But I suppose there is, you know, in Europe and, and in other places, they are talking about banning the use of these kind of toxic pesticides. So with all that in mind, Yawan, what is the sort of thinking on the valuation of the, the overall business? I think Syngenta had a had a good year in 2022, and um, if if you just use uh, a comparable multiple to their U.S. peer Quoteva, which is trading at around 11 times um, forward EBITDA, then having a valuation of around 50 billion dollars seems to be quite achievable, even if you have. Um, a slower revenue growth this year just because of the macro conditions and everything. And that's the so, equity value, right? Because you'd have to add the debt then onto that. That is, I th- yeah, that that it that is around yeah it, around that that's for the equity value. Um, the enterprise value, including that, would be um, would be higher. And of course, I think the Chinese authorities are hoping that they can achieve even higher premium. Um, as I think that's usually the case with Chinese markets. If you just look at the, the premium uh, between mainland markets and Hong Kong, they are trading at a 40% premium to uh, more international markets like Hong Kong. And, and Lisa, if I could go back to you, just because you obviously were there on the ground, as you said, in Hong Kong, uh, this time around, slightly different. And as I said, there's, it's been a very quiet IPO market. What do you think the significance of this is to China? And how important is this that this is a successful IPO? So this is the, yes, the biggest acquisition the Chinese entity ever made, as we said. And so on an international stage, I mean, it is important that, uh, you know, there are no hiccups, you know, and the, the listing somehow um, you know, can probably show chunking valuations. I mean, this is almost a poster child, if you want, of China's ability to run foreign companies it has acquired, because it is true that, you know, Chinese players did manage to secure quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of um, takeovers mm. um, back in those years. But, uh, um, you know, there's been more recently a pushback, and even then they had to pay top dollars to overcome uh, you know, maybe it's a certain, uh, you know, level of domestic resistance and there were lots of question marks, you know, on how would they run these companies. And from what we have seen, um, you know, in the, in the few cases uh, of uh, large companies acquired by Chinese owners, uh, obviously Syngenta is one, but, you know, Pirelli, the Toyomek is another one. Certainly in the initial phase of the acquisition, there's been a tendency to let the local managers, you know, the Western management run the companies, you know, not to sort of interfere, not to be too heavy handed, you know, mm-hmm. from the part of the Chinese to, to make sure that, you know, those companies could thrive. But, you know, this, there's still sort of a question mark, I suppose, you know, on the on the overall um, success of Syngenta, even though, I mean, they're clearly sit, you know, in a sort of growing market. One other thing I would add, just to, Going back to something you mentioned earlier, Amy, is the question mark about the toxicity of some of the products they sell. Um, This may not be such an issue 
in China maybe at the moment or in some developing countries that are really desperate to improve, you know, the productivity of their crops um, as food inflation, you know, rises and, and there is a need to produce more. But uh, certainly in the European Union, which is not an insignificant market, uh, the views um, it, the view is that you know more restrictive measures may come, and even maybe a ban on some of these, uh, you know, very toxic chemicals. So that ultimately could present a problem for. Just, gender. just wanna, yeah. On that point, just wanna add that I think I think from a domestic investor point of view, Syngenta is really viewed very favorably in terms of policy support. Um, it's, it almost feels like Beijing sees Syngenta as some kind of you know, innovative green um, uh, agri-tech company, and they are making new, I think, seed, um, seed like regulations around seed uh, technologies, which I think will benefit Syngenta as if, if, if that policy is rolled out more widely. And I guess I, I'm sort of curious then, what do you think, and I'll put this to both you, maybe Lisa first, the appetite would be then for foreign investors because food security is obviously a topic that we're all thinking about um, and not certainly just just China or developing countries. Do you think, Lisa, you might see foreign investors, you know, taking interest in this in this IPO? We're not going to see much of that uh, in this listing because this is a listing in Shanghai, so in mainland China, mainland China, and um, you know, investment. Um, access is restricted uh, to China, so it's, it's not as simple as you know. You, it's not really easy to go and 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 simply buy shares, you know, of a Chinese listed company. Particularly in IPOs, you have to go through certain schemes, right? So, so that's a first barrier. And um, so, you know, I don't really think that you know the company nor the authorities are sort of necessarily tailoring this for a foreign audience. I mean, one sign of that is the fact that the prospectus, you know, was published in Mandarin, a very long prospectus, I think 700 pages, um, with no translation made available. So it's kind of really uh, targeted at the um, local um, uh, industry and local audience. At the same time, uh, we have seen some Chinese listed companies seeking a dual listing in the West. So if this happens, you know, at a later stage, I mean, that probably would be the real test, you know, for the foreign appetite um, of financial investors. I just want to add that, you know, it, it is in, indeed very surprising that even though China's been talking a lot about reforming its financial markets, they want to open it wider to foreigners for such a global company. I think probably the biggest one ever to list in a Chinese um, stock exchange. All the underwriters are Chinese brokerages. And as Lisa mentioned, the prospectus is written in Mandarin. I don't think there's really much um, appetite, even from Beijing's point of view, to get foreign investors involved in this listing. So I, this goes back to my point that I think it's probably seen most as a domestic kind of success story to uh, seal the Chinese overseas expansion strategy in the past. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, well, uh, plenty more to see. And we'll have to wait for the actual IPO. Um, Yao and Lisa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashtich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, 
Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.